Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Why did you decide to show up, whether to come here into this building at Bethany Covenant, to show up online? Why are you here? And I'm not just asking that rhetorically or hypothetically. We have some roving, at least one roving microphone. Uh, We would love to hear, why are you here this morning? And if you're watching online and would like to text your response, we have a phone number up there, and we'd be anxious to hear from you as well. Who wants to share? Why'd you show up? Thank you. I'm not prepared to really say anything, so I'll just say what I'm, you know, going through my head and my heart at the moment. Um, life is crazy. My workload is crazy. My week is very busy, and I need to dedicate at least some time every day in my life for God. And sometimes it's hard to do that, but it's nice to have a routine where in the evenings, in the mornings, say prayers. And I definitely need at least one day to start the week off in just the right way, starting with God, coming to church. And I find that it re-energizes me after a long week, Mm -hmm. and it prepares me to face another week. Thank you, Kat. Who else? You can't all be here by accident. I'd get in trouble if I wasn't. No. <laughs> I, I am joking. No, actually, the, the uh, text that was read today, I believe that Christ loves me, and I'm here because I am commanded to be with others who love Jesus, and Christ said he came to proclaim freedom, liberation, and other things. And I'm here because I hope that that still matters to the people who follow Jesus. And um, there are a lot of places right now I don't see that mattering. And I really believe that Jesus has called us to follow what Jesus proclaimed. Thank you, Christy. Any text responses, Chris? All right. I'm here to sing worship with all of you and to pray and to worship the Lord. Thanks, Bria. One more. Oh, two more. All right. Yeah. I'm here because this is my family and I love each and every one of you and I just want to be with you here in God's house. Thanks, Kathy. One more over here. I'll give my exercise. <laughs> Coming around. I'm here to worship God and pray. Thank you. Well, thank you for sharing. We are not here by accident, but we are here for a purpose. 
And I think that if we think about our reasons of why we gather um, each week, why do we show up? Why do we, whether it's on a Sunday morning at a gathering like this, maybe a different time during the week, I imagine if we gave our top 10 answers, we'd see a lot of overlap, but if we probably all shared our number one reason, we'd hear a lot of different reasons and stories. But we are all drawn together as the church of Jesus Christ. As we look at the world around us, we see that a lot of people don't choose to participate in these kinds of gatherings. They don't choose to show up when the church gathers, either for worship service or for other church activities. For some people, the whole idea of church is actually pretty foreign. I think about the conversation I had uh, earlier, just a little while ago, with the woman who was cutting my hair, and she had a lot of questions about, okay, what in the world does a pastor do during the week? Some of you asked that question. What does a pastor do? What is that job? What goes on inside a church? And I was delighted to even have the opportunity to answer her question, so what do you believe there anyway? There are those who would not consider themselves connected to the church, a church in any way. And for them, we seem perhaps to be a bit of an oddity. But we also need to recognize there are some who would call themselves Christians, who would say that they are followers of Jesus, who don't necessarily regularly choose to participate in what's going on in the church. And apparently that's actually nothing new, because in the New Testament book of Hebrews, which was written very early in the story of the Christian church, we see that apparently some people had already begun not showing up. The writer of this letter to Christians who had Hebrew heritage writes this in chapter 10. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching, the day referring to the time of the return of Jesus Christ. Don't give up meeting together. Your meetings are important. They're crucial. They're important things that happen when we gather as the body of Jesus Christ. Last week, Pastor Sunita Ponton gave us a powerful word about the mission of the church beyond our doors. As the body of Christ, we are called to love our neighbors deeply, to engage in mutual relationship with our neighbors to be truly present and active in our neighborhoods, to truly live where we live for God's kingdom purposes. What the church does beyond these doors really, really matters. And so does what the church does when we come together inside these doors, or as we gather online, as we gather virtually, as we come together as the body of Christ. And it's all part of a rhythm that's actually, I think, a lot like breathing. As human beings, we know that our respiration consists of, of breathing in, inhaling, taking oxygen into our lungs, and exhaling. Breathing out. Breathing out the spent air and the carbon dioxide. And we realize there's not one part of that rhythm that's good and another part that's 
bad. We actually need it all to survive. And our life as a church, as the church of Jesus Christ, also has rhythms. As we gather, as we come together, we find ourselves energized for service. And as we gather, we pour ourselves out in worship to God. And then as we go, as we disperse into our neighborhoods, we find ourselves expending ourselves on behalf of our neighbors for the sake of Jesus Christ and find ourselves energized at the same time. We actually see this rhythm in the passage that was read this morning from the Gospel of Luke. We see Jesus teaching in his hometown synagogue. And as he was there, he read this passage from Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So Isaiah here is explaining the mission he's been given from God. And Jesus is describing how that mission is true of all God's people. We've all been sent to proclaim good news, to provide freedom for prisoners, to grant sight, to relieve oppression, to proclaim that God's favor is, in fact, for all people. And Jesus, we're told, reads this passage as the people, as the people of God were gathered. Gathered in the synagogue, that center of, of teaching and worship for the Jewish people. Jesus were there, was there, we're told, as was his custom. The New Living Translation says he went as usual to the synagogue. Jesus showed up for church. And when he showed up, he reminded the people of God what it was they were really supposed to be about. As they gathered together, Jesus reminded God's people that they are sent people sent into the world to actually make a difference for the sake of the kingdom of God, to actually make a difference in the lives of people whom God created and loves so deeply. The people then and now gathered and then dispersed. During these past few weeks together, we've been looking at worship as a life that is lived in response to God. Worship as a response, response to who God is and to what God has done for us and to what God is doing in the world. And so if our lives are indeed to be, to be living sacrifices, as Paul instructs us in Romans chapter 12, we need to ask, well, how, how can our gatherings, our coming together, be an act of worship that is a response to God? What is it that we do exactly when, when we meet in a space like this? How do we make sure that our corporate worship, our gathered celebrations, in fact, invite us to respond to God? The Apostle Paul gives us some, not just clues, but really helpful guidance in his letter to the Christians in Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter five, Paul writes, be very careful then how you live not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. 
Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul says there are different kinds of gatherings, and he says when people of the world gather, it's, it's for foolish, often for foolish purposes. And he says don't get, don't get caught up in that. Instead, Paul says, gatherings of Christians should be occasions for psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Chris, is it just me, or does that sound like blended worship, maybe? Um. Paul says as we gather, we actually have this language. We speak to one another through through singing. And as we do that, we also pour out our hearts in worship to God. Our corporate gatherings, corporate, which literally means bodily, are to and with each other and are meant to be to and for God, our Lord. And then finally, Paul says that our gatherings should be filled with gratitude as we give thanks to God for everything, for everything, Paul says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When the church gathers, it's it's on purpose. It's not by accident. We gather on purpose and for a purpose. Our gathering is an essential element of the rhythm of our lives together as Christians, and when we gather, we have, we have important and joyful work to do. Paul says our gatherings are meant to be filled with praise to God. I asked earlier why you're here this morning, and this was something that was shared, to, to sing, to pray, to praise, to give thanks to God. And I suppose if we asked what people most appreciate or value in our gathered worship, many people might point to the music Because it seems that music somehow is able to unlock our hearts to pour out all that we are to God. So often it's music that that gives voice, that gives words to the praises in our hearts and also to our laments, our cares, our concerns. So this is about more than, than liking the music. This is about our psalms, our hymns, our spiritual songs, our readings, our prayers, our times of reflection, becoming part of our vocabulary of worship as we gather together. And so as much as I personally appreciate the music and the variety of styles here at Bethany, it's my prayer that God God would nurture in me a heart that seeks to praise him, to be poured out in praise to God in a worship that delights him. The church gathers to offer prayers and praises to God, and we also gather to offer encouragement to one another. Again, as we heard from the book of Hebrews, the writer says, let's consider how we might spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. We're meant to spur each other on, to be an encouragement, to have each other's backs, 
to remind each other that we are not alone, that we have each other, and that God is with us and for us. An isolated Christian is not only a very lonely Christian, but also a very vulnerable one. So this is one reason I appreciate all the work that our our tech team does to make our services available online so that people can participate remotely when they might not be able to join us in person. I appreciate the work of Sandy Pelletier and our office volunteers who each week mail out manuscripts of our sermons and our prayers and our readings so people receiving those can feel that they are participating with us. They are connected and they are not forgotten. As we gather, we're meant to encourage each other, to say, hang in there. And we're also meant to spur each other on, which is a little more pointed, maybe. This encouragement and spurring. I think about my high school track coach, who after a meet said, Ben, great job at the two mile. And I think you can run 20 seconds faster next time. Let's work at that. We spur each other on toward love and good deeds, the writer says, toward the mission that God has given the church and the world. And it's discovering this mission that God has given us, understanding it and learning to live into it that is another reason we gather as the church. We gather to study and listen to the word of God. This is why we have Christian formation classes for all ages. That's why we have a youth group. That's why we have a confirmation program. Why we have connect groups. We gather together around God's word. That's why our preaching on Sundays isn't limited to to just a brief reflection. That's why, in fact, the entirety of our worship service has us gathered around God's word and continually points us to the word of God through, through readings, through prayers, through song, through the word proclaimed. We want our services, our times of worship, to be anchored in God's word, to be always pointing ourselves and each other to the truth and the power that is found only in the word of God. The church gathers to receive the word of God so that we might be ready then to respond to God's word in every aspect of our lives, both individually and corporately. This is the scene we find in Luke's gospel when Jesus taught in the synagogue. The word that day was declared, it was proclaimed. It was also embodied as Jesus said, today this word has been fulfilled in your hearing. As the word incarnate, the word in flesh was there before their very eyes. Jesus, the fulfillment of scripture and our model for life. And then finally, we find in Scripture that the church gathers as a response to God as we come around the sacraments. In Acts chapter 2, we read that even in the early days of the church, those who accepted the message of the apostles were baptized, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Baptism and the breaking of bread. 
the celebration of the Lord's Supper around a meal. These were hallmarks of the church from its earliest days. We baptize in water here at Bethany, either by sprinkling or by immersion. And we do that together as a body. We do it in the presence of each other and in the presence of God. We gather at the table of our Lord. We share this bread and this cup together in each other's presence and in the presence of our risen Lord. We gather as we inhale. We disperse and are sent as we exhale. The same passage from Acts 2 says that the early church had this rhythm as well. Yes, they gathered and shared bread and were taught but we hear also that everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. The believers had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone around them who was in need. Since its earliest days, the gathering of the church has mattered. And so has its being sent and being dispersed. And it's my prayer that by by the work and power of God's spirit within us as a body, that the same would be true of us. I invite you to join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, word of God and flesh, we thank you that you still meet us. You still come among us and teach us. Thank you for inviting us to your table today, to fellowship with you and with each other. Father, would you give us hearts and minds and lives that are more and more aware of you? Would your spirit be in work in us so that more and more we would respond to you in ways that meet our world's needs and that honor and glorify you? Father, thank you for sending us Jesus and your Holy Spirit. We pray this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.